Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Welcome to Girl on the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. <laughs> because politics needed a rebrand. <laughs> Okay, welcome, welcome back, back to Rolling Up the Podcast. Happy Wednesday and happy summer. Summer solstice Woo! has passed. We are we are finally here and I'm so excited about it. <laughs> I love what summer. It's your favorite season. Is it summer? Oh probably. I I do love like honestly late spring, early summer, I would say. Because it's such an exciting time for me. Like, like my, my birthday's in May. True. I also like true. love April. I think like when things start to get warm, it's like gets exciting. I know in New York, April? like April's isn't great, but like okay, in California, fair, it is. Fair. It's like the weather starts to get warm. The UVs start to raise up. You can start to tan. There's festivals and all the fun things start to happen. And so I love late spring, early summer. Late summer, mm. I get a little bit over the heat and excited for fall. But like I would say late spring, early summer. Well, cause like, what's like fall like in SF? Like, what is like the? It's actually really warm. It's like our summer, cause summer in SF, like July, August is like kind of foggy and a little chilly, but our summer, like we call it an Indian summer, and it like September, October, and even like parts of November mm. is really nice and sunny and warm. See, that Damn. I like. I mean, just I feel like all, all the warmth, all the time. I say that as I'm surrounded by tropical plants. Not in a tropical location. Just but, in Brooklyn. <laughs> just in Brooklyn. <laughs> Is that, honestly, that might be more <laughs> fitting than anything. Right. Just, um, like, amongst the plant moms, it's fine. What's your so, favorite season? I also, oh, summer, hands down. Summer yeah. baby, like, without mm-hmm. a doubt. Like, rather be hot than cold anytime. But, like, I thrive when I was a little kid. First of all, I still love the beach, but when I was a little kid, I really loved the beach. And I would just roll around in the sand. I was like, towels are for pussies, like that type of situation. I was like literally called Sandy Sam because I just wanted to be covered head Sandy to toe in sand. Sandy Sam. I can't. Mm-hmm. We can't wait to, you know, hit the beach. Now I'm just one salty, Sam. Bury you in the sand. <laughs> but here we are. It is the summer vibes are definitely it here. Is. And I also, yesterday, because we like had the day off and a lot of people did, like, it just really felt like a summer day. I felt like I was on summer vacation and I like was in school and it just like felt mm-hmm. like a hooky day, like a Monday where we didn't have to do anything. And I was went to the Warriors parade, go Dubs, uh, world champs. And <laughs> Wait, I was literally going to ask you about that. And then I totally forgot. I was like, what is this parade? Like, I literally <laughs> didn't know what it was about. And I was like, I feel like this is about sports. I don't think New York's had a sure. championship in a while. That's why. <laughs> so... <laughs> Not that you would know, Sam, so we don't need to get into it. <laughs> they have a parade in the city when I, a look, championship is won for any sport. Football, basketball, baseball. If they win the championship, then 
they have a parade in the streets and it's just a good time, you know? I do remember when the women's soccer team absolutely killed it and they Mm -hmm. got a parade. That I remember. Yeah. But I don't, but I guess that would just be national, right? Yeah, well, they're a national that team. Was just a national team. But, but why is that where was York? it? Probably just because there's the most humans there, I would assume. But, like, I did fake this fall on a date that I was... I mean, I do like going to basketball games. So if you are one of the five boys that listens to this podcast and would love to take me to a basketball game and have me sit courtside, by all means, I'm not going to complain. But, but... Like, I don't know who the people are. Like, I don't, I don't know when this, you know, when this is basketball's even fun to watch if you don't know anything about it. Just because, like, they're so huge and, like, athletic and dunk and do cool shit. And so it's always fun, basketball. Percent. But we have an amazing episode. And before we get into it, we do have a little announcement, (laughs) Sam. It's mini. It's It's mini. mini. It's really the pride and joy of my morning. And that is that we have stickers new stickers in basically we love stickers any which way we've been meaning to order some new stickers i have one on my laptop you know we love to have them out and about share them with friends easy way to put them on the back of you know your phone whatever anyways they are here they have arrived they're going to be sent to our brand ambassadors via snail mail so they have them as well so if you're like hmm I would love some stickers, some Girl Only Up stickers. We needed the push over the edge to join the Brand Ambassador program. The stickers stickers are going to do it, I think. So if you want some Girl Only Up stickers, then check out our Brand Ambassador program. And, you know, if you're in there, then you're getting stickers. And speaking of stickers, we will tease that we also have more stickers coming out with Mm -hmm. a collaboration with one of our favorite brands that you guys also love, which we know because you guys, you, you know. You'll know when you know. You know. We'll have some more merch and stickers with them in that collab. So just a little teaser. But yeah. let's get into this episode and introduce this guest. This was another episode where it just felt like we were just chatting with the gal pal, you know? And it was Tangent City, but also super informative and inspirational, especially in this election season. So, Sam, mm-hmm. introduce her. Well, like Maddie said... This is a really fun conversation, Gal Pals. And I think, if anything, I do want to make one little asterisk. This episode and our last one are really good examples of sort of how you can talk with yeah. friends about politics, of just even the tone, like not even the specifics of our conversation, but just mm-hmm. of being like, it can be fun. It can be fun. fun. It can, yeah. It, and yes, things can go down contentious rabbit holes. It should, if it's really, you know, a deep political conversation and whatnot. But point being is it is possible these are two examples. If your friends don't believe believe you, don't believe. I don't know. Susie Q, send these two episodes their way. Sharing yeah. is caring, yada, yada, yada. But anyways, without further ado, we are introducing Katie Grossbarge. She is a founding member of I Am A Voter. So y'all might have seen their IG. They always are posting, of course, relevant voter information, dates and whatnot. But she has been very active in the civic engagement sphere for quite some time. So of course, we had a get into it with her and speak about also having a platform in politics and using your Instagram, using your TikTok, whatever it is, how to do that effectively and whatnot, because that's a whole nother side of this coin. We're always telling you guys, hey, tag your reps, post stuff to your story, get the word out there. She's a really good example of sort of how to do that and where to take some inspiration. She also posts on her own account, really, really great roundups of you know, action items, but also what people are speaking about in regards to current events, voting, 
yada, yada, yada. So without further ado, here is Katie. You are a founding member of an organization that we put on our social quite a bit. So it's very much a pleasure to you know get sort of the backstory and whatnot. But that organization is I Am A Voter. Can you give us the background as to what you guys do, how it all started? Just paint that that picture, if you will. Of course. Well, thank you for having me. I Am A Voter is a nonpartisan movement that tries to spark civic engagement and voter participation. And ultimately, we just wanted to make voting cool because it wasn't necessarily having like the best PR moment. <laughs> and we wanted so to make... True. We wanted to make that information more accessible to people. It was started by the incredible Mondana Dayani, um, who recruited this group of women after the 2018 uh, election, the midterm election. She just really got like amped about wanting to combat voter complacency, which I think a lot of us felt we were angry and we were upset and we just we wanted to be able to do more. And so she found this amazing group of women who are connected in all of these different spaces and just were just as passionate as as she was. And so we got together and it was like the most amazing energy in this room and have been working together ever since. That's amazing. And you guys have like the best Instagram content and we're facts, obsessed. Absolute facts. And if you know anything about us, we just we love some good content here. So can you kind of explain too just like that whole process and why that was like really just a a real core to what you guys do and like you said, making voting cool. Like I love that. And how that plays into kind of what you guys push out there on social media specifically. Yeah, I think there are two main pillars of it. One part is simplifying information and one part is making it entertaining and kind of following trends and what's going viral and memes and all the things that just get shared a lot because ultimately yeah. that's the goal. Like we just want the most people to have the information and to feel empowered and and ready to vote and get involved. The team, the social team is led by Carla Hawks, who's absolutely amazing and has her finger on the pulse of things that I don't even know are going on. Yeah, I was gonna um, say, the creativity sometimes, like when I see some memes yeah. or just, especially the political ones where people are able to like, tie in some type of like viral joke into something going on politically I'm always like oh, I wish I thought so of impressive like, it's yeah it's impressive. all yeah the meme creators are really so impressive they get so yeah. slept on like <laughs> and she and it's really wild to watch to also what just the how the team has been able to integrate kind of like really honestly like voting information can be boring especially oh, yeah. because like there's different information in every state. So some people are like, that's not my state. Why do I care? That's not my business. So to be able to make it entertaining so that people kind of, it's like putting like the broccoli in your macaroni and cheese where you like don't yeah. know that it's happening. And just um, piling Parmesan cheese on broccoli. That's exactly. Mine. So it's, yeah. like, it's like very, <laughs> it's very clever and creative and we're, we're so lucky that, that she does it for that's us. That's amazing. That's yeah. funny too. We have this thing that we call like the Mary Poppins effect. And basically it's like, Spoonful you know, of sugar. A little bit. Totally. And I always mess it up too. Like I have literally never gotten the phrase exactly. Yet insist on using this particular analogy every you single time. You gotta watch like, the movie. I think, I know. And I was even called out too in a meeting we had as to like which one. I guess there's more than one. And I was like. Well, yeah. Cartoon. Huh. Are, we, are, they, are we watching the original? Are we watching the Lin-Manuel Miranda and Emily Blunt dancing in the streets? What are we doing? It's, look, it's a great question. And I'm going to need to find a rainy day. You got, yeah, you got to have a marathon. Watch them it's, all. And speaking of Instagram content, strategy on all of this, your account individually too is epic. We 
absolutely go to your account first things first when something drops because you find the best roundups create the best roundups of all of the voices on twitter brings it to instagram because like we are not twitter twitter people not in a bad way just we respect it i respect it it's not for everybody we we it's, literally tried it just we yeah. kept forgetting we had one so <laughs> we were like this we is like a total of 10 tweets time. and yeah. we're like just 10 tweets and two followers maybe we just cut this out of, out of the workload you know <laughs> we don't have time yeah right it was like one day maybe we'll get there but in the meantime we are sticking to looking at your content because we get the shortcut there and everyone yeah. should definitely check it out happy but to help you- so happy to help Thank you. Thank you. We we love a little, you know, you know, friend pal that can help us out with all of this stuff. But can you tell us how you started doing this? What was the inspiration behind it? And also like what's kind of your process for figuring out like what tweets make the cut? All of that. Yeah. So initially it was like extremely organic, honestly. During the pandemic, or I guess right before the pandemic, when people were talking about the election and getting, you know, amped for 2020, I just started noticing that people were like craving information. They didn't really know what was going on. Then the pandemic hit and then people really were craving information. And it was like, oh, emergency. I don't want to watch the news. I'm going to freak out. I'm locked in my house and I can't deal with it. I'm not turning on CNN. I'm not turning on anyone. Like, do not let any newscaster talk to me. So I started kind of just posting some things and they started getting a response. And I really looked to my community and to followers to be like, what's working here? What do you want to see? And originally it was just me posting, you know, articles and information to stories. And then I started being like, oh, maybe people like want this to like live a little bit longer. And I do have a a background in digital marketing. I used to work in fashion and in social media. And so I was like, okay, well, the best way for that to last longer and for people to be engaged with it is for it to be entertaining. Like people need to laugh a little or want to share it with their friend. And I, that's what I kind of use Twitter for. And as much as I use it to gather actual information and news, I also am like, there is levity there. I follow a lot of comedians and writers and people that, are finding that humor in kind of things that are often humorless and really upsetting and, and depressing. And I, so I I grew up in in like the TV comedy world. My family is, is in entertainment. And so I have always been really amazed by people that can take kind of like either sentimental or emotional things and find that lightness and make people smile and laugh. And, and so I really like, I just, I just love, I love the ability to bring that to more people and to spark conversations. Because if you can, if you can make someone engage with something in that way, they're more likely to talk about it. And that's, that's ultimately the goal. Totally. I think that's such an important point too. And I just think of like, even the SNLs of the world or, you know, the Trevor Trevor Noah's and just how, you know, they are making fun of or like just making people laugh around a lot of really dark shit. And as much, I just, I, I personally find a lot of like just solace in that. And then like in 2020, we always talk about this, but like there were so much like so many like funny moments, like especially like shout out Rudy Giuliani for all of the like comedy that he brought to us in that really dark time. Like so those are the moments him. that really just get you through it. And it's so mm-hmm. important to like push that content out. And I think it also helps people get more engaged because it's like, oh, what are people laughing at? Let me like 
exactly. check in on this. Like, what's the, what's the deal FOMO. with the story? What am I missing out exactly. on? Exactly. So exactly. I think it's a really great way to communicate really important messages to people. So I love all of that. But moving on, we want to kind of talk about, well, we want to move into our I Have a Stupid Question segment. Because Classic. we want to talk about there are no nonpartisan stupid questions. No, there's no stupid questions ever. But we want to ask, like, really, what nonpartisan really means. We hear it all the time. And for those who are like, okay, like all these nonpartisan organizations, how is that even possible to be nonpartisan? Can you just break mm-hmm. that down and like what that really means in light sure. of what you guys do? So, nonpartisan means that it's not biased information. It's not leaning towards one political party. The thing that really kind of is interesting is that even voting has become partisan right which it shouldn't be but there's there's a bunch of things like designations for for you know charitable contributions and tax purposes and things where nonpartisan organizations are different than partisan organizations in terms of rules and regulations so just generally speaking from a definition standpoint it means that technically it's not supporting one political party over another yeah yeah, it's it funny to so... you say that. I was going to just, yeah. <laughs> personal story. This I remember like in 2020, I think I was in New York visiting a friend and we were at dinner and I was wearing, I had like a bracelet that said vote on it. And this like girl who's, she's like from the South, you know, she probably, she was conservative and she was like, what's your bracelet say? And I was like, here and vote. She's like, ah, vote, ha <laughs> Being like, oh, you liberal. I'm like, wait, vote, what? <laughs> to vote? Really? It's just dark it's, times. It's literally Very the darkest dark of times that it really yeah. has become a partisan issue, weirdly enough. It's so weird. Because I was going to say, we had a conversation with a friend the other day, too. It's also coming on the show, and she does a lot of nonpartisan voting work as well in the South. And part of her conversation was like, okay, like, you know, this is really about getting people registered to vote, making sure that people have civic literacy and whatnot from a young mm-hmm. age and how, you know, that's typically been, you know, a, a nonpartisan issue. And now the conversation has totally shifted on it. Like trying mm-hmm. to tell someone like, hey, like registering to vote is just like a part of a natural like civic duty. And it's not a part of some scheme from the right or scheme from the left or whatever else it is in terms of like interpretation it's just it's crazy to me i it's not well it's not crazy because like i've seen how this has developed we all have in like the last few years but it's what like what a world they know when people vote they vote when when the majority of people vote it goes a certain way and it benefits a certain group of people well i also think it goes it goes so much further back than than just the past few years i think a lot of us have come to come to realize you know the gravity of it in the past few years but i've always linked it just back to like purely education like we are not taught i'm taught about some random stuff that i will never need in my life call me when i need the pythagorean theorem in my daily life but (laughs) and like like even parts of history i'm like there are parts of history we're ignoring and there are parts of history i've learned six times and like Like, why did i read who's making these rules exactly (laughs) um but i i was always so thrown by the idea that we didn't learn civic education the idea that we didn't learn about what was on our ballot why do i not have any idea who a secretary of state is until i do the research myself that's Mm -hmm. so counterproductive and then when you realize why that's done it's intentional yeah then you're even more pissed off i mean oh, yeah. i truly i i i was very involved in my high school and in like student government and all the things that make me the nerd that i am and <laughs> i i caused so much ruckus i i 
I led a walkout of a class and from the classroom oh, uh. to the vice principal's <laughs> office. Like, I just, I, I didn't understand how everyone wasn't fighting something. I was like, shouldn't we just be like saying how we feel about this and being pissed about it? Like this yeah. teacher is doing something inappropriate and I don't think he should be teaching a class on ethics. So I'm going to walk out of this room. Who's with me? You oh know? my God, that's epic. Um, Iconic. But I, th I think in, unless you feel empowered and emotionally connected to those things, yeah. you're like, it's 2 p.m. on a Tuesday and I'm 16. Like, who yeah. cares? Yeah, well, I think it's, like, it's interesting, too, that we're not even, like, raised or taught to do those things and, like, stand up when something is wrong. And mm -hmm. I feel like that's also, like, a part of just the civic learning is that to know that, like, totally we we live in a democracy. That's what they tell us. So you should be able to, like, speak so your mind say. and stand up against things when they're wrong. And, like, especially mm -hmm. at that age and when you're growing up, you're always, like, nope, stay in your box. Like, follow the rules. Well, do you remember after the Parkland shooting, there were all these articles that were talking about how, like, all the, all the students, you know, stood up, raised their voices, were so upset, so impactful and incredible and I, yeah. I worked with a bunch of them on the march for our lives and they're they're amazing but i remember all these articles coming out being like this school is one of those schools that teaches kids to use their voices like no actually, of this? they just went through the most traumatic thing on earth and, and... i was like isn't also that a good thing it, it felt like everyone was like right. isn't this crazy that this one school is about empowering their students and look at what happened and now they're raising right. their voices i was like every single school should be telling every their students school, but to it's do also, that yeah it's also like what do you expect them to just go back to their lives and be like oh everything's fine yeah that was normal totally. like no I and can't. I think that's like the most American thing is the idea right. of like standing up for what's wrong, figuring out ways to change that and progress. And to me, that's like what it's always been about, but not always coming to fruition. So it's just so, so funny because to me from, you know, what you're saying can imagine like the voices also saying that are the people that are like, go America, da, 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 whatever, let's go Brandon. And the ironies within that are so funny. Uh, like, oh, it's too just... PC. Oh, whatever. Like, don't mm -hmm. stand, you know, how could these people xyz so i there are contradictions every which way every which way these days it oh really it's always really a drama bad. always a saga you know but moving back to tangent what people can do today tangent yeah one. tangent aside yeah put tangent in one little box we'll come back to it let me tell you we always we always find a way to circle back to these tangents but Great. we do want to talk about tools for getting more engaged one of those is text alerts can you tell us a little bit about what those are and how they came to fruition and can be you know used by potential voters yeah so if you're anything like me you get a lot of random texts from numbers telling you to donate to things or that like a shirt is on sale i feel like every oh, yeah. store is now like <laughs> when I sign up with my email, they're like, just kidding. We also need your phone number. Oh God. I bought extensions mm -hmm. one time and I can't stop getting texts from them. Like, Jesus. Um, but truly, like, the amount of five-digit numbers that text me things, I'm like, who Same. are any of these people? But text alerts can be very good if you if you focus. So they're basically automatic messages that are sent to you that tell you about important events and deadlines and things like this is, you know, your voter registration deadline, or this is when election day is, this is when your mail-in ballot will arrive, all of those things. So for us, for I am a voter, if you want to get our text alerts, text voter 
1-800-262-2697. And then you'll join our list. Text it. I love it. And And we don't overwhelm you. We don't overwhelm you with information you don't need. Yeah. Which, like, we freaking need because, like you said, you had so many texts from random brands all the time. It'll literally be something where I also, too, like, I never even ended up buying it. Like, I never oh, bought yeah. something from their website, whatever. And I'm no, like, I got that discount code, and then I ended up leaving that in the cart, and I didn't do it. Wait, and now I still get the text. Yesterday, I got a text from a brand, and they, like, acted as if they accidentally sent, like, a typo. But I'm pretty sure it was just, like, a whole marketing thing, because then they sent, like, a follow-up, like, GIF with, like, all of the Genius. responses of people Genius. being, like, was this on purpose? Like, did you mean to send this? And then they were, like, oops, sorry, I didn't mean to text you guys, but here's a discount code. I was, like, low-key, genius. Smart. Honestly, Very got my smart. Eye. Impressed. It's, I kind of yeah. want to know what that brand was. Uh, yeah. It's the fake hair one, yeah. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> it was It was like back in 2019 when oh. I went to Coachella and I was trying to have an Ariana Grande ponytail and it was just haven't haven't stopped getting well, texts since. We're going to yeah. need to talk about that later. Yeah. I was going to say, that's one of the things like on like the beauty fashion thing I've never tried is like exceptions. Honestly, but my hair's yeah. always No, I never have either. Yeah, like I feel like they feel hair. fun. Oh, they're actually, I feel like a new human when I put my little clip and weave in, so... Highly suggest, but I have like thin hair, and if you have hair, you don't need it, which you do. Interesting. Anyways, politics, shall we? (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Okay, moving on to our next question, and that is, what does it mean to be a voter? Is there sort of a set definition you go by, or you know, is there, uh, you know, some other thing that you reference in thinking about what this means? Yeah, I mean, obviously like my logical brain is like a voter is somebody who votes or is allowed to vote but to me being a voter is is taking your passion and putting it into action so i think people care about a lot of things very deeply especially you know things that affect them personally but just caring about it isn't enough and we're we're lucky to live in a in a place where we do get to use our voices in that way and use these tools at our disposal to create change i mean to be honest like i've being a voter is very important to me i've been actually like just recently went on a first date with somebody and it was like going pretty well and then we got into politics oh god where this is going guys oh yeah i love this and it it became a conversation where he he said he didn't vote and I like was what's like, worse a non-voter or left in person like how <laughs> yeah. do I but yeah I think ultimately to be honest I I kind of think a non-voter is worse yeah because to me if you're gonna if you're gonna use your voice and we're gonna disagree on what we're choosing we can have a conversation about that if you are not engaged and you don't want to be engaged and you don't want to participate in this that's yeah. what it sounds like to me and yeah. a lot of people don't make that connection they don't go from oh i'm not voting therefore i don't care they almost try to create a narrative and i'm gonna so generalize and i hope i don't offend anybody please don't get mad at me but people don't people claim that they don't vote because they care so much they're like i don't like either side they're the same i don't want to participate in this system because i care so much and i'm like that is a fun that's a fun little reality for you to live in but unfortunately it's not the world that we live in we you this is i'm i'm a optimist but i'm also a realist yeah so when you give me options and i'm like xyz this is what's probably going to happen this is 
going to be the most effective right now, given the certain circumstance we're in, that's going to, that's going to tend to be what I want to do versus like burn the system down. Don't participate. Don't vote. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Like if you're not going to participate, what the fuck? Just I know, I'm just going like, to chalk up fuck? like a Trump voter. I'm going to be like, you're just maybe a little uninformed. <laughs> we can help and you And also, that. like, let's talk about care. it. Yeah. Like, totally. Because I think there's common ground between that where it's like you clearly have, like, some care. You Like, both yeah. parties care. They both are fighting for something. They both clearly understand that using their voice is important. And mm-hmm. I think that's the common ground that people need to talk about a little bit more, yeah. like, understand. And that's where a conversation sometimes is more possible. Like, at least mm-hmm. if both – people understand that hey like we're doing something active here that's going to make an impact there's something to do with that but if someone doesn't yeah I think the the other thing is eliminating Trump voters versus Republican voters or anything else there's probably like 30 percent of this country I don't know if it's that high but on both sides that are gonna vote that way regardless like totally that's gonna be what it's gonna be you're probably not gonna affect them that's what it is the middle part the people that are not sure, maybe not engaged, are we doing this, are we doing that? There's a reason that when we have these elections, it's like, you know, 48% to 46%. And me and Steve Kornacki are like having panic attacks. It's because there's a <laughs> lot husband? of people that are, my, excuse me. Oh boy. We in like Uh-oh. a polygamous relationship. <laughs> this is how we found out. It's fine. <laughs> so yeah, really, what's that movie? Like the other woman or something? Wait, does he have a wife? He's gay. <laughs> Stop, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Oh my god. I'm not like a huge oh Steve Kornacki stan, so I don't know much about his life, but wow. No, okay. I'm I he's still my husband. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Don't care. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. But what were we talking about? What a voter is. <laughs> what a we could also is. talk about Steve Kornacki's khakis and you know where he shops. That's another route we could take this. <sighs> I have wondered, just I have tagged him. I feel like oh, it's the gap. Old Navy or Gap, honestly. I gotta say, I feel like it's real baseline. (laughs) Yeah, he likes to keep it. We're keeping it simple. simple. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about the midterms, which is where we are at right now. Primary Mm -hmm. season is kicking off. And we wanna just talk about how young people can really use their platforms to not only, you know, just and A, learn about how they can get out to vote, but also use their platforms to encourage their friends. And like that peer pressure is so important and we're always encouraging peer pressure around voting. It's always allowed. (laughs) But can you, do you have any tips or just advice for any young people who want to have a bigger impact than just maybe their own vote this year? Sure. First of all, I love that that's the attitude that that person, that fictitious person has already, that they want to spread the word and and make an impact. That's the first step. So congrats, you've arrived. I would, if we start from a smaller perspective and work our way out, I think first of all, it's just like, talk to your people because your people are gonna be impacted by the people around them, by you. You are that person to somebody. You saying, hey, did you get your mail-in ballot? Have you sent it in? Are you going to the polls? Do you have a plan? Do you need a voter guide? Those things coming from someone that they know and care about tends to that tends to be more impactful than totally. you know someone they don't know and whether that means scrolling through your phone and finding 10 people that you think maybe need a reminder need some information reaching out to them directly if you know that somebody in your life just moved and maybe needs to update their registration or doesn't know the rules in their new state or anything like that i think having those direct connections and coming from a place of just like care can be really lovely if you want to expand that reach and be a little 
viral TikTok star, then absolutely <laughs> do that as Build well. Build that brand. Do yeah, do do whatever works for you. I think that there's such a fire and energy in Gen Z and in, in younger people with certain certain topics and certain causes and that that's so exciting and so i think the more that it becomes again like a cool thing to do a cool thing to participate in then i'm i'm all for it i mean i just got my california primary mail-in ballot in the mail and immediately yeah, was same. like okay so let's find a date so i can invite all my friends over for a wine night everybody bring your little mail-in ballot we're and gonna I have a lovely time <laughs> like yeah. this is that's who i am as a person and like republicans will call that voter fraud but it's okay let's do it. <laughs> we're gonna have a great night yeah you guys can come it's i actually fun. love that idea i might, I might so throw cute. a little voting party for all my friends i don't know i mean make it make, yeah here, make it a good time i know the voting from home aspect is just life changing here. I'm like, <laughs> I don't like to leave my home. So fantastic. fantastic. See, I'm so weird because I like love a voting day outfit. Like I really make a whole thing of it uh, and I'm really annoying on social media about it. So yeah, oh, I felt that way for, for the general. I, I did not use my mail-in ballot. I went in person. I wore a full blue suit. I was like, it's Ooh, my time pictures? to thrive. Oh I yeah. It. Oh, oh yeah. I will send. send you a pic. It's on the, it's on the gram. See, that's when there's an outfit involved. But I like also love the party element of it, especially for friends that like might be on the fence of whether they actually vote or not. Like I definitely have somewhere it's like if you remind them, they will do it, but they genuinely like forget or they don't make a point of it or But also there's just random stuff on these ballots. Like let's call a spade a spade. I'm not gonna know necessarily like who to vote for for every judge or every random little, you know thing on these ballots and so to do it in a group where maybe I have a friend who knows someone who's like no this is why the controller is really important in this district and xyz like getting more people involved in the conversation can also be really helpful because I don't want to leave anything blank on my ballot yeah but next question um around this topic too about social media and using it for voting information and such there's also amazing just political activists, influencers out there that provide awesome information. Honestly, you being one of them. Can you, do you have any other like suggestions of other just like amazing kind of influencer resources who push out really great information around voting and politics? There's, I mean, there's so many. And I think it's also about, you know, what you, what you care about the most. But I mean, top one for me is Brittany Pagnet Cunningham. I just think she is amazing and and really knows how to connect with people latasha brown i mean brian derrick who i know you guys have talked to he's uh, the love of my life <laughs> talk about a gay man that i am in love with oh well there you go Fact, you should you, see the picture you and of, like, everyone the two else. of them like from our last event and it's like maddie literally being like <gasps> like no, i'm like starstruck even though we've like oh. hung out with him a million times like in love Google no, every time I'm like, that makes sense. Oh, I love you so much. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I mean, I follow like I follow a lot of journalists and then just organizations. So like there are there are so many organizations, depending on what you are passionate about, that are constantly pushing out content and are doing it to a relatively small audience because people just haven't found them. So like part of what can be very helpful is sharing content from local and small organizations so that it can reach reach further bases. I mean, I love like what New Georgia Project is doing. That's not very small. But when you look at organizations that really focus on 
something specific, it may be in a specific location or whatever it is, sharing that stuff can not only be informative for you and your community, but can also help the organization as well. Totally. Totally. That's so funny too, because I was planning on making a TikTok today. Everything's about TikTok these days, so sorry. But I was going to make it about sharing information and saving you know, information posts, et cetera, from candidates that people are really into because that's like a way to help a campaign in a lot of ways if you don't have the funds to donate, et cetera. And I was like, okay, add to to-do list. And then your comment there, perfect combination. Oh yeah, that's the thing. That's what's always funny to me when when I get like negative comments or people like fighting in my comments or whatever. I'm like, guys, you do not understand all you're doing (laughs) is pushing this content out further. Like, thank you so much for coming to fight. Now this has 1 million views. Yeah. Thank you. Sam hates comments, but I absolutely love that. I'm like, let's see what everyone's saying. I just as long as you detach a little bit, you just can't get emotionally invested. Yeah. You gotta just no, but it's funny too on TikTok. Like, I feel like people don't always like talk to you, like, they're talking to each other and like they fight each other, like, more than anything. Yeah. It's really, if they fight each other, it doesn't give me as like much anxiety. It's more like, I don't know what it is. There's something about it that I'm just like, oh, God, why are you it's yelling at me? It's your fear of, like, uh, being canceled. It's just, it's just missing knocking on it's your huge. door again. Listen, I think God a lot of... it comes out of my mouth 90% of the time. I mean, like, a lot of people we thought were canceled weren't so canceled, so I don't think you should yeah, fear that you so can't, much. No, you can't fear it. I already know I'm going to get canceled and then have a comeback. So it's, you know, the... Sheep, you, you, have you have an outfit you... prepped for it anyway, so it's fine. There you go. Yeah, get your cancel, yeah. <laughs> canceled outfit get ready to go <laughs> but moving forward kind of talking about some tools that your guys organization provides to potential voters mm-hmm. can you kind of highlight some of those of what people can like turn to with I am a voter and things they can use this year the text tool is one thing but the other thing connecting kind of the the organization and social media and what you can do on the website, there are actually a bunch of social assets that you can download. There are guides for like key messaging for voter participation and how to like activate your networks and things that you can post in your stories, things that you can post on your feed. So we're kind of trying to just like hand someone a folder of things and be like, that's awesome. Do it. So all of that is on imavoter.com. I love that. It's a great, great tool. I was gonna say we will be using that. Everyone else, go check it out. It's not gonna like mess with anyone's feet or anything. Like they're just black and white. Everybody can just like chill. Yeah, they're cute. You know, on brand. It makes a difference. It makes a difference. Some people still really care. So I'm not. I'm not trying to mess with the feed. No, of course not. God forbid. (laughs) To close things out, we do want to like leave with like something a little bit motivational and thinking about the midterm elections. For any potential voters, voters listening right now, like what do you feel like is the number one thing they should think of in terms of getting them to the polls, motivating them to get there, and also to get their friends to get there too? Like what do you feel like is like the thing they can say that's like, hey, like, let's go. This is going to, you know, result in some action. Mm-hmm. Put on your motivational speaker. So much, so much, pre- so, yeah, so much pressure. This is, it's just up to me. This whole election so, is on your America. shoulders right now, though. So, okay. So for me, I'm a numbers person. I'm a statistics person. I like to understand where we're at from a data perspective. Okay, Steve Karnacki, call me. <laughs> so I, one of the things we've talked about at I'm a Voter is midterm elections obviously are not known for high turnout so when we look at specifically 18 to 29 year olds voter turnout went from i'm going to make sure that i get this right went from 20 percent in 2014 
to 36% in 2018. We are now at 2022. There's no reason that number should go down. Absolutely not. We at least need to hit 36. What we should be doing is getting higher than that. If we changed 16% in those four years, think about how much has happened since 2018. We should be doing another 16%, in my opinion. Yeah. That should be going up. I, I do think that young people now are seeing rights being threatened every day in a way that is so in their faces. I, I, I hope that I know obviously some people can tune that out, but I think that a lot of people are seeing just how fragile our democracy is and how much one senator matters or, you know, these numbers being so close and Mm -hmm. understanding how much your governor controls and an understanding how your local and state politicians directly impact whether it's your school systems or mask mandates or whatever it is these people have been making decisions that have directly impacted your daily life for the past at least three years if not longer yeah and our system is based on numbers it's based on people showing up it's based on how many votes are cast for a certain amount of people it's not based on feelings it's not based on, oh, I don't I don't like this and I don't want it to happen. No, it's based on if you show up or not. Yeah. <clears throat> Gonna choke. Um, <laughs> and I do think that the the a great example of that is what happened in Georgia in January, which if we didn't win those two Senate seats in Georgia, think about what would have happened. And the only reason we even got to have that election in Georgia was because enough people showed up in November yeah to get them to a runoff mm-hmm. both of them and it's it's not enough to show up once it's not enough to say that you care it you have to show up every time and you yeah. have to be counted you have to have your number your person your bat your ballot you it, it has to be counted and i do think that people are understanding that more and more and i am optimistic that it's only going to continue because we are in a place where we can't afford to sit out. It's just too important. Totally. I think that's something the Trump era and now even post-Trump, you know, just the bigotry era, honestly, maybe we'll call it that, um, has really, you know, is the silver lining of that as I think a lot of people have woken up to just how important it is and existential it is to participate and, I mean, even just, you know, COVID silver lining too. Yeah, I think a lot of people woke up to even just the idea of like, oh my God, like these local politicians and my state politicians are affecting my everyday. And I think just as dark as the last maybe four to five years have been, there have been some silver linings. And I feel like a lot of people have woken up and had some type of awakening around civic engagement, which is important. I think I've seen it amongst my friends and peers, so hoping that just continues but to wrap up where can people find you where can people find i'm a voter give us just plug everything at the oh go ahead. Plug absolutely go everything. well you can find i am a voter at at i am a voter on instagram or i am a voter.com we also have a tiktok so yes. see what's going on over there but there. i i am at katie grossbard on instagram and yeah that's it come hang out come chat 
ask me a question love well Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us thank you for having me uh, so fun come back anytime we can't wait to continue the conversation all righty top stories of the week gun legislation update let's get on into it what it's national smoothie day and there's 10 percent off my favorite smoothie place but it's in manhattan Samantha, I was in the middle of a gun legislation update. Okay, I'm so sorry. Either just way, reminded go to me you. that 7-Eleven exists and you can get free Slurpees on July 11th. And do not let me forget about that this year, please. Noted. Okay, I also may join you on that because I don't think I've ever had a Slurpee. I haven't had one in years, but I need it. I'm adding that to my never have I ever list, and then I'm adding a reminder to my phone. Make sure you get one. Yeah, thank you. Okay, gun legislation update. So bipartisan group of senators have been working on a gun control bill, and it's led by Senator Chris Murphy, who's a Democrat from Connecticut, and John Corrin, who's Republican from Texas. So they're expected to file the legislative text today, aka this is Tuesday when we're recording. They're actually expected to file it Monday, so we'll just see what happens here if it it does get filed today. But negotiations got hung up, interestingly enough, on abortion. So Republicans are insisting on hide language to prevent any federal funding in the proposal from being used for or being used to pay for abortions. According to a source familiar with the situation, assuming the hide issue gets resolved, the key here beyond what's in the bill itself is timing. So if Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer gets the Murphy Corrin bill before the Senate votes today at 5.30 p.m., he can set a vote on motion to proceed quickly using an existing House bill as a vehicle. If not, Schumer will have to wait until Wednesday. So Democratic leaders are hoping to pass the bill this week before the Senate leaves town for a planned two-week recess. So a final vote could slide into the weekend. So the sooner that this gets filed, the better for supporters of the bill. So that is just all that information is so such a good example of just how the Senate works and how just messy and confusing it is. You got to pivot constantly and that things can change very quickly. So again... We will see what happens, per usual, but... We'll keep you updated. As far as, like, Hyde language, do we want to explain some of that? So, the Hyde Amendment, which bars the use of federal funds to pay for abortion, has come into play in the discussions over the bill's health care provisions. So, that means that two of the most divisive and visceral political issues in the country, guns and abortion, could be paired together. So... Yeah, interesting how those two are coming together in this moment, especially because it's a timely time for both issues. But again, this the Hyde Amendment comes into play with some like healthcare provisions in the gun bill. So that's kind of the dynamic there. I do want to make one last just, you know, soapbox, if you will. And that is, and this is not a last one, this is just a reminder really more than anything, is this is a great moment to share on your story, share on your you know, your feeds, go on TikTok, go on Twitter, and get in front of these reps about passing this bipartisan bill. Yeah, it's not perfect. See last week's episode for Maddie and I talk about that a little bit in our top stories as well. But there is something really important in it, and it closes the boyfriend loop right now like that's something that could still be changed could be taken out of it right so Mm -hmm. if you want provisions like that included then you need to call your reps we have it on our story right now the ones that you should be contacting specifically but also any reps that hey maybe they already support it but 
give him a thank you, give him a push. But we are like so much quieter than the other side. It's like not even funny. Mm. And this is the time to be loud. Like you're loud at a festival, be loud at the doors of freaking legislation. Like there it is. Do you want to explain the boyfriend loophole really fast? Okay, so boyfriend loophole addresses this little issue when we think about violence, domestic violence and their partners and being able to get a gun. So right now, say you are married or have been married to a you know a partner and they are convicted of domestic violence, there are certain laws that hinder them from being able to get guns. However, there are many, many, many humans in this country that do not legally marry their partner or they are in a relationship, they're dating them and there is a domestic violence situation, whether they stay together, whether they break up, that's a debate for another day. So even if, for example, they are convicted, they are still able to purchase guns. So there's basically this loophole that unless you are married to the, the victim, that you are still able to have access. So the boyfriend loophole would essentially close that gap and prevent domestic violence assailants from being able to get guns, whether they are married to their partner or whether they are just dating in a long-term partnership, whatever it may be. Fantastic. Thank you, Samantha. Mm -hmm. Okay. Bring us to Virginia. (sighs) Sorry, just get in my car. (laughs) I was born in Virginia. I literally... Shout out. Haven't Um, been back since. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I will say, I actually really (laughs) do... I really do love Virginia, and I actually was at a birthday party this weekend with a kid that went to UVA, and I visited friends at UVA back in the day, and I freaking loved it. It's so beautiful my there, so I definitely... Lot, well, now a lot of my best friends went to UVA. My very best friend went there, and then now all my friends in SF, I know because of her UVA. A lot of UVA people in SF, actually. That's really interesting. Yeah, but hmm. still haven't been, so... And now Wait, that actually... Hopefully soon. That reminds me is there was like that kid I didn't end up subletting from him. He was like so all over the place. But anyways, An he SF? was a UVA kid. Yeah. Yeah. It's like weird. Like there's a big chunk of people from UVA here for sure. Huh. That's so but. interesting. Anyways, back to actual physically being in Virginia. Virginia primary today, aka Tuesday. Second and seventh district Republican primaries. So Virginia Democrat reps Elaine Luria. And Abigail Spanberger are two of the most endangered incumbents in the country. Mm. Today, Republican voters head to the polls to decide who will face off against the Democratic frontliners. In the 2nd District, State Senator Jen Kiggins is the clear frontrunner to take on Luria. Kiggins is a retired Navy helicopter pilot, an important piece of experience in the Virginia Bay. It literally does not say bay. It doesn't. No. <laughs> it, just... yeah, it says beach. <laughs> Virginia Beach area district just in case you needed me to read that for you anyways Luria of course is a retired navy commander there isn't a similar favorite in the gop primary in the seventh district according to the washington post the three leading candidates are state senator bryce reeves prince william board supervisor yasiel vega and Derek anderson oh prince whoops william sorry i messed board that up yesley yesley vega my bad mm-hmm. there's my um, dyslexia at it again yeah, interesting Prince William Board Supervisor. But there's Virginia, so we will keep everyone posted on results there. But moving to next one is in Alabama. There is a Republican Senate runoff. So Alabama Republican Senate run- runoff in the deep red Alabama. Today's election between Katie Britt and Rep. Mo Bricks uh, essentially decides who will succeed retiring Senator Richard Shelby. 
Former President Donald Trump is now backing Britt, Shelby's former chief of staff, after previously endorsing and then unendorsing Brooks. Brett and Brooks. It sounds like a name of a law firm or something. <laughs> Been um, injured in a car crash? Brett and Brooks. And Brooks. <laughs> so Brett and Brooks have both championed as staunch conservatives, but Brett is more closely aligned with the GOP's establishment wing, and Brooks has vowed to oppose Mitch McConnell, oh, the Senate Republican Spicy. leader, and notably spoke at the January 6th ellipse rally before the Capitol attack. I've never heard of it called a, a, an ellipse rally, but here we are. Georgia. Georgia peaches. I like my peaches down in Georgia. Georgia. Where's the beep song? How do my peaches down in Georgia? Oh, I was right. I was right. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like for a second because weed in California, but then I got confused in my head for a second. I was like, it doesn't really feel right. But it was like, wait, but maybe it's the weed in Georgia. And then I was like, it's not. It's the weed in California. Just Justin Bieber Mm -hmm. and his lyric called, you know, genius moments. But learn about a runoff in Georgia and now we're talking about some more Georgia runoffs so take it away Georgia's second district Republican primary runoff in the race to take on Rep Samford Bishop Democrat in Georgia I don't know why I'm going full announcer but I'm having a really fun time with it Jeremy Hunt yeah you and Chris West I don't know it's enough I'll allow you to read, like, a headline in an announcer voice, but the entire <laughs> article is, is going to be a no. <laughs> I'm putting my, like, producer gavel down <laughs> saying no. <laughs> I guess I'll, I'll move on. Jeremy Hunt and Chris West are competing in today's primary runoff. Bishop's seat shifted redder following redistricting, and the longtime House member is classified as a frontliner this cycle, which I think is pretty interesting. Hunt, a 20-year-old... Whoa, sorry, guys. Hunt, a 28-year-old West Point graduate, has been endorsed by a multitude of leading Republicans, including the Clown Squad, (laughs) Senators Tom Cotton, Arkansas, Josh Hawley, Missouri, former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley, and former Speaker, who I literally forgot about and was very pleased about, forgetting about Newt Gingrich. What a squad. What a squad. Georgia's 10th district. Meanwhile, Vernon Jones, longtime Democrat politician who endorsed Trump in 2020 and then became a Republican, Mm. is running with Trump's backing after being pushed out of the primary for Senate. You know, this is one I'm going to have to dive more into. Like after I know, me too, I'm curious. I think this should be a Google for everyone. I'm like, this is is some, like, I've had this adult pipe dream of like, what if I posed as a Republican? went and applied for a job at Fox News, got the job, and then just, like, infiltrated Fox News from the inside. Like, this is also giving me this, like, longtime Democratic politician who then, like, just flopped over to the Trump world. Like, maybe he's maybe he's onto something. It's giving mini-me in Goldmember. Oh, I haven't seen only, that. Only some, only some will get it. Most, if you know, you know. Mike Myers, most underrated talent in Hollywood. There it is. Talked about Shrek like, last week. Now we're talking about Austin Powers, and mm. I'm I'm just doing the Lord's work. I feel like talking about we just raising awareness. Actor? Mike Myers, yeah, is Shrek, and he I think wrote Shrek or produced it or something. And Mike Myers has multiple characters in the Austin Powers series. He's Doctor Evil. He's Austin Powers. He's Fat Bastard, and I think there's someone else. 
But yeah, he plays multiple characters Whoa. and he's just a genius and he's so funny. This Sorry. is mind blown, mind yeah. blown. But in something of a rerun proxy war between Mr. Trump, Georgia's Republican establishment, Governor Brian Kemp, who defied Trump and overcame a primary challenge from Senator David, sorry, <laughs> former, former Senator David Perdue, that the former president engineered has backed the other Republican in the runoff, Mike Collins, as have most of the Republicans who helped Mr. Kemp win his primary in a landslide. Mr. Collins has also brought up a 2004 claim that Mr. Jones sexually assaulted a woman, charged that the woman dropped, although never recanted. Interesting. Mr. Jones has said the encounter was consensual, and in a statement after Mr. Kemp sided with his rival, boasted of his outsider status. Well, well, there's Georgia. That's a little snapshot of what's happening in the primary world this week. There's some others, correct? New York. Oh well, we're right now. We are early voting, mm-hmm. aka through the 26th. So there's two primaries. Just like refresh reminder, because mm-hmm. I know we got a lot of New York peeps up in the pod. So two primaries. There's one on the 28th, and there's another one on August 23rd. There's early voting for both of them. Basically, we had a redistricting chaotic moment where the maps had to get redrawn. So now we've got two. So if you want the rundown of which primary has which races, we have that on our IG. So go check out those posts. Make sure to save them, send them to friends, etc. Otherwise, things to know things to know which i also have on our tiktok but things to one know. if you are curious okay i'm going early voting how much time is it going to take me yada yada there's actually this new tool which i discovered this morning it tells you what the wait times are at each of the polling locations so like green for example under 20 minutes yellow i think it's under 30 red 50 plus i didn't see a single one that wasn't green which means it's fast. You're in, you're out. You're in, you're out. Bada bing, bada boom. So go early vote. If you request an absentee ballot, though, and then you're like, you know what? I want to vote in person. There's a new rule, which means that if you go and you try and vote in person after you've requested an absentee ballot, you're going to have to vote by affidavit ballot. So in other words, easier to just stick with the absentee ballot that you got sent it in. Vote from home in your sweats, like me. Fact. Fact. Me and Sam are very different on this. She likes a voting day outfit. I love to vote in my sweats in my bed. Um, you know what I love your... about that? There's, yeah, choose your adventure. Like, yeah. there's a voting, like, Path style for, for everyone. I mean, not in every state, which we do want to shout out mm-hmm. to everyone who does, who does have tough voting laws or, you know, lack of voter access in their state. If you do have questions, let us know. Moving on to our next story is a big week for the Biden administration. We'll just run through quickly some of the stuff that's happening on on Joe Biden's schedule this week. So the first Native American U.S. treasurer to be appointed this week. So President Joe Biden has appointed Marilyn Malerba, a U.S. treasurer of the United States. Malerba is a is the chief of the Mohegan tribe and the first Native American to be treasurer of the United States. So the White House announced on Tuesday that President Joe Biden's intent to appoint Marilyn, she goes by Lynn Malerba, as his administration establishes an office of tribal and native affairs at the Treasury Department, which will be overseen by the U.S. Treasurer. So super exciting. In gas news, President Biden on Monday announced that he will decide by the end of the week whether to order a gasoline tax holiday in an attempt to give temporary relief to Americans who continue to see rising prices at the pump. 
move would come in response to skyrocketing gas prices the administration has been able unable to corral. Costs started to increase in the latter half of 2021 and have only ticked upward in recent months due to Russia's invasion of Ukraine, most recently the start of summer travel season. According to the AAA, the average price for a gallon of unleaded gas is $4.98. So a little bit of like contrast here, a little color context. The national minimum wage currently, federal minimum wage, $7.25 an hour. So... I can't do math, but it's not pretty. Next thing on Joe Biden's desk is that he is signing off on a pay raise for federal firefighters. So President Joe Biden has signed off on giving federal wildland firefighters a hefty raise for the next two fiscal years, a move that affects more than 16,000 firefighters and comes as much of the West braces for a difficult wildfire season. So pay raises for the federal firefighters have been included in the last year's $1 trillion infrastructure bill, but they had been held up as federal agencies studied recruitment and retention data to decide where to deliver the funds. So that is what's happening in the White House. That's what Joe Biden's up to besides falling off bikes. And those are our top stories. So if you guys have questions about any of this, questions about voting, still primary season, let us know. You can slide into our DMs. You can comment on our YouTube videos. You can comment on our Instagram posts. You can, did I say DM us? Probably. Comment on our TikToks. Email us at info at, girl on the gov, info at girlonthegov.com. Excuse me. And yeah, go join our brand ambassador program. There's no requirements. Stickers. You get stickers, stickers, resume boosters, and networking opportunities in the political space, as well as just a community of like-minded political women wanting to continue the conversation share action items resources and more so go check that out at girlonthegov.com and speaking of girlonthegov.com we also have a page now called girlonthegov.com slash vote where you can check your registration register to vote request an absentee ballot and pledge to vote so share that on your social media share it with your friends and yeah that's that's about it but that is our episode Thank you for listening, and we'll be talking to you all next Wednesday. With who to live? <laughs>Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.